to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. 69 which i found quite fitting and i i really hope i've not had any more or less since then but uh yeah it was uh it was interesting to see some comments on there which was always nice <laughs> yeah i mean if your accent isn't gonna do it your boyish good looks certainly will um if you get a 70th like let me know and i'll, I'll like it um in memory of matt Neely, obviously um neil's here as well how do uh i'm only moderately randy uh, I suppose it's, it's good to see uh, a Titans player with physique similar to my own. <laughs> yeah. I think he's bigger than some of our offensive linemen, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was the hero. Um, we've also got, we're not just the Transatlantic Titans podcast um, today. We are the Trans-Pacific, uh, Trans-Indian, Trans-Southern. How many other oceans are there? I don't think Arctic counts. Joining us from Wellington, New Zealand, Sean, how are you doing? Hello, Adam. Good. And hello, chaps. Good to be on the show. Yeah, welcome. It's good. To, great to have you. I don't, we've never had, we've certainly never had anyone in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, we've never had anybody... That listens. Possibly. I have some, there are probably some stats on that. Um, but yeah, it's probably mostly you. Uh, but yeah, welcome. 13 hours away from us. It's getting steadily lighter where you are while it's getting steadily darker here. Um, yeah, I mean, Titans fan in New Zealand, are you the only one? There are, I think there might be four of us at last count. We do, uh, every year we have a count up, you know, where we all have to fill in a form uh, as our <laughs> census. And I think there are four as far as I'm aware uh but sadly we're all in different cities so we could never meet together so we've decided to like spread ourselves thin to try and uh, share the gospel of the titans but uh yeah we're up to four uh, but 
yeah originally originally from england i've been here for 14 years i was in bournemouth before that and uh yeah uh been a, a titan fan from well uh, best family friends moved to nashville in the early 90s and we started going in kind of 95 across to nashville and got to see the stadium being built and obviously all the 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 the, the team moving from houston and um so kind of got on board straight away really because prior to that i think probably like most of you it used to be watching channel four coverage yeah, of american yeah. football on a on a on a weekend and just seeing all these cool logos and so i was kind of uh, uh 49ers and steve young grabbed me so I, that used to be like the team that i would c- kind of follow but then as soon as i went to nashville that was it so from 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 the get-go they've been the team um got to see them play a few times went to the first ever Texans game when the Texans joined and had a crazy party the night before on Broadway with uh, all the Texan fans and got to see my main man McNair. So, and then, yeah, that's been it really. That's been my team. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's a, some good times to start as well, I would say. And yeah. And to... the crazy one was with, with the Super Bowl was, uh, you know, one yard short or whatever time it was by the time we were all watching that. And, to show how old I am, because I can see how young Harry is just by looking at his uh, beautiful skin. Uh, he clearly wasn't around then. But um, after the defeat, I sent a fax to my friends in Nashville, just of a sad <laughs> face. And then I was talking to someone last year and they were like, did you invent the emoji? And I was like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Faxes, oh, that, that takes me back in itself. Um, did you ever have a, have a telex? We're going non-Titans related early here. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I really am old if I remember the telex. No, no, nobody knows what I'm talking about. Let's swiftly move on. Um, well, yeah, week two, Seattle. Who goes in to Seattle and wins like that? Who goes in when it's the first time they've had a crowd in 18 months, two years? Um, who does that when they're... 15 points down at half time. <laughs> this Titans team, who we'd probably all given up on. Um, Sean, tell us how you felt the moment that Tannehill was strip sacked, Seattle having just scored two plays earlier. Well, the, the whole season so far has just been crazy, right? We had, I don't remember an off season where we've been so excited about the team. And this whole talk and I must admit I got wrapped up to it I've got a Browns fan at work and every day I'm just going but how is a defense going to stop these Titans there's just no way because if you stop the run we'll throw it if you stop the pass we'll run it and then the season started last week and then the first half of this game and it was it was like you know when you used to have LimeWire and you used to download like the the latest Radiohead album and then you'd listen it wasn't Radiohead at all it was like some really bad copy that's kind of how I felt at the start of the the season and even with the Seahawks it was like oh you because you kind of thought oh maybe last week was just a one-off and then I don't know about you guys but you had this reality of oh god have we all got this horribly horribly wrong <laughs> it, we do I don't think we knew honestly um My, Miles how did you, I mean did, did you think that week one was just a blip or did you expect this kind of bounce back um, being the overly confident one, there's an argument to say that uh, I always foresaw us getting over the, the, the blip of week one. Um, 
I think we were all extremely worried about what that offensive line was going to do. Um, and then we saw the news with Luan two hours before kickoff managing to fall over a bag and injure himself because he wasn't blocking based on the video. Um, it was, I mean, it was the tale of like, I think what happened was we went into that game with a form of positivity and we got hit in the face early on with the 12th man of Seattle of like, crap, this is a crowd. It's really loud. And the game just, from there, from I mean, I remember at halftime, I was writing down early what are the positive notes from the game, thinking this is all well and done. And then out of nowhere, Greg decided to be positive, which I'm sure was based on alcohol or something, saying we're a second half team. And then from then on, it just, it sort of, we just went, hold on, Derek Henry is the best running back in the league. Why aren't we giving him the ball? And then suddenly we give him the ball more and more. And it's like, wait, this is what we do really well. And then from there, the game just seemed to be a natural, we're going to score, we're going to score. I remember when we were like uh, one touchdown behind and I joke saying, four minute drill, let's get a touchdown, two points to win it. And we were all like, we can't handle that. We couldn't handle that. But it almost looked inevitable that we we're going to go down the other end and score. It was, um, yeah, early on it looked scary. But um, I think the team really, really got a bit of confidence back. I think Derrick Henry, what can you say about the man? Once he gets going, everyone gets behind him. And it's, it's unstoppable. Seattle knew what we were doing. They knew we were running the ball and they couldn't stop it. It wasn't, will they throw it in the second half? It was, Julio's had his catches. They're going to ram this ball down our throat and we can't do anything about it. Yeah, it, it, it felt as if, I mean, a few of us said something along the lines of, even if we lose, as long as there are some positives to take. And I think even though, despite that couple of iffy plays with, with the O-line and that, that strip strip sack, um, there were signs of life. Um, I just felt that uh, we had the ball. We looked like, you know, the later the game got, the more it looked like we were going to score. And on defence, there were two or three big plays, you know, one or two blown coverage which we might come to. But other than that, you felt that we had a chance of stopping Seattle. Neil, how did you see it in the, the second half as the comeback started and there was a bit of momentum? Did you, what, I just what think, point did you believe? I think it, it, it's one of the things like, it's a sight to behold with Derek Henry, how he takes over a game because it, it's kind of like, essentially like a quarterback or an elite pass rusher would. It like kind of wrecks a game all on his own and when he, when he gets rolling. It's so hard to stop that it demoralises the opposition. And I think, as a result of that, when he has middling slash mediocre stats, it's such a big thing for an opposition team slash fan base. They're, they're so excited about it because he's set such high standards. You know, when he had 57 yards at half-time and everybody's, like, sort of fairly negative and down on how he's playing and things like that. I'm like, he's halfway to a 100-yard game there, but he's set such high standards on the way it... it takes over and controls a football game when it gets rolling, that people just expect video game-type numbers every time he touches the football. And I think it's it's ironic that it kind of reminds me of Marshall Lynch when Seattle were in the pump, I, I would take over a game. Um, and also, an interesting stat when uh, they said Seattle were 54-0 and when leading by 15 at home, and, and now they're 54-1. and so, <laughs> so we've got to be happy with that. I think the Titans are something like 15-0 and 0 in any game where Henry scored two touchdowns or more, something like that. Yes. I mean, it stands, it stands to reason. 
Um, in true transatlantic Titans style, um, we've got a latecomer. Brian, how are you? Good evening, fellas. Yeah, how, how are things? I mean, can you quite believe what you've seen in weeks one and two? Um, we didn't speak to you last week. Yeah, it was... Uh... It was a bit of a crazy weekend for me, you know. Yeah, if you remember rightly, I actually, I actually slept all the way through, and I woke up to about two hundred ninety-seven messages in the group. Followed it through the group, and then I thought, oh god, I've missed a cracker here. So I, I kind of watched bits and bobs that I could get hold of in my little downtime I've had. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's some comeback, isn't it? Well, firstly, can you arrange another nap for? 6 p.m. this coming Sunday. <laughs> I'm sure um, that be planned. <laughs> yeah, if, if if you wouldn't mind, that'd be good. But, I mean, does does do you have a sense that the team's in the right direction? And despite various issues in week one, um, and we we're, we're still going to have concerns. Um, but do you think we're kind of where we thought they were? Yeah, I mean, we were all very disappointed. We've kind of come to expect a lot from this team now. We were very disappointed with that first uh, first game showing, but you know what? What the, we've become under Vrabel is, you know, we we bounce back all the time. I mean, I saw a stat there that I think since since Vrabel's been there, we're eight and or the following week, uh, following double digit losses, which just goes to show that there's kind of there's something about this team they don't like to. They get punched in the face and they tend to react well to it. Yes. Um, Harry, what do you think about Julio's reaction to being punched in the face? He was he was the pantomime villain from week one, and but he certainly yeah. stepped it up. Yeah, he, he definitely did. Should have had a touchdown, which uh, I think we can all say was a, a blown call, um, as well as a fantastic game. And it's, it's good to see him get more involved, more more acclimated to the offense and and the team as well. And actually, him having a breakout game for for us, it's not a breakout game for him personally. I mean, he's I think tied third for the most hundred yard plus games you know ever, which is fantastic. But um, yeah, for him to have the breakout game when AJ probably wasn't on his best form and had a couple of drops where you know they were definitely catchable balls there um you know was definitely what the the team needed there and just goes to show when Ryan Tannehill gets a little bit of time to throw because pass pro was actually really good this week I think on the whole um the offense can can really start ticking along and yeah Julio was was fantastic and yeah was robbed of a touchdown but uh doesn't matter in the end does it I mean we got the win but um Titans Twitter certainly felt it did and and I think we all did at the time as well with a couple of um Messages oh, on. If if we'd been zero and two after that decision, there was there were some others. There was the the ball spot. Uh, I think it might have been the third quarter, something like that. And you think you've got to stop. It was third down, and it it, it must have been a yard short. The ball going out of bounds. And um, Sean, can I congratulate you on one of the best tweets of the weekend, uh, referring to exactly that? Um, describe it for us. Uh, the moment my tweet so well yeah (laughs) (laughs) I mean I've never been happy I've almost taken myself off Twitter because normally I tweet you know and I might get my mum like it and uh, we're up to (laughs) we're up to 1650 likes and 267 retweets it's out of control I don't know if it's viral 
I don't know if that counts, but um, I think for if you're if you're in New Zealand and you were Titans fan, that definitely counts. <laughs> well, I think I just so what I I just made comparisons to to an image of of clearly being at least a yard short, and then took us back. And I know it's always horrible to think back to that Dyson moment in the Super Bowl, but one yard short. And it was just the fact that you know I wish we'd had the same officiating crew for the '99 Super Bowl was was the comment that I made, and. Uh, <laughs> how different things would have been. But it was such a, I don't know about you, but it was such a weird moment in the game when that happened because it was like, sweet, we've got the stop. And then everyone just seemed to carry on as if he'd clearly made the line. There was no talk of challenge. There was no replay. And it was just, I felt like I was in a dream for a second. I'm like, did that just happen? And then I say, here we go. This is classic Titans. They'll go and score. And thankfully we did get off the field. But I mean, it was one of three terrible calls throughout the entire game i mean i i I counted five one of them possibly was a bit 50 50 i think there was a potential pi on aj brown when he went deep but i could you could read that one either way um there was a horse collar on Tannehill that didn't get flagged uh there was something else oh safety right at the end i mean we shouldn't be mad we've won it we've won in overtime and that play in itself really set that up but how good would a walk-off safety have been? Um, maybe it's just me and my geekery. Um, Neil, that, Neil, I want to go to, to you on this about Mike Brabel and the, the fact that that ball spot, he didn't challenge. Um, and there are, I mean, he has the odd brain fart, I think, in games. We know that. Um, there was another thing at the end with um, when we scored our game-time touchdown. And there were 32 seconds or something like that left on the clock, and there didn't need to be. It sounds a, it sounds a little thing now, um, but you don't leave Russell Wilson 32 seconds on the clock when you have the option. You could manage the clock better. Um, we could have taken a 10-second runoff on the previous play, and st- we still had timeouts. We could have could very easily controlled that situation, um, and he didn't. Is it still a concern for you about, about the big guy and those big decisions in the middle of games. Uh, I suppose it is and it isn't. I mean, literally three years ago in London, we tried to win a game with a two-point conversion, uh, which it, we were in that situation again, and it, and it did the sensible thing. So even though the clock management obviously weren't the greatest and the three or four players when we were in like extreme pre-event were quite nervy, um, <laughs> yeah, were they ever? I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just really thankful that we didn't go for two. I think, I think you've got to look at whatever positives you can, and I think there's a slight growth there in his in his tenure as an head coach, or there's a slight maturity there which he prom- perhaps didn't have two or three years ago. Yeah, I think there were a couple of decisions actually. There were a kick to field goal, the one that Bullock missed uh, that. You- I think some maybe would argue could have gone for it in that situation. I think that was the right decision. Also, it was the right decision to go for it a bit later when there was less time left. Miles, you're the sort of guy that might say yes to this. Would you have gone for two at the end? Um, well, I think when I'm sat at home on my couch, it's very easy for me to say yes. Uh, I think when I'm staring down Bobby Wagner, who's had 17 tackles and a sack, <laughs> who looks like he could rip a man in half, it might be a little bit different. Um, I mean, in fairness, in the second half, we only conceded six points. So I think part of the call probably was 
let's take the let's take the kick because we actually have confidence in the kicker, which well, I'll say that after one week, it feels strange, but it feels good. Um, but also our defense has been really stepping up and but for a couple of let's call blown coverages, we held DJ Metcalf, I say we, it wasn't me, it was Fulton, got into Metcalf's head early and completely controlled the game. So I think he probably went, you know what, let's take the one. We'll go to overtime. And defensively, I'm full of confidence. Also, you've just watched Derek Henry go for 100 and however many yards he got in the second half. I think it was a bit of a no-brainer when it comes down to it. It's all, it's all for being confident. But when your defense was playing that well and your offense is that, you, you probably look over and the defense at Seattle was completely shattered. Like, Jamal Adams was done making stupid plays of trying to knock Tannehill's head off and he couldn't get near Henry. Bobby Wagner, once you've done that many tackles, I don't know how he was still on the field, like, upright. I think they were just completely shattered. And, uh, yeah, for me, it's easy on a couch at home, sipping a, a cool drink to say, oh, let's just go for two and win it. But in all seriousness, it was the smart play. We saw that we were going in there with momentum, and I think there was a no-brainer at the end of it. Yeah, I think you could argue the Chargers in London three years ago, I wouldn't necessarily have backed us to win that game in overtime, but I felt confident about about the Seahawks. Um, Harry, what do you think defensively? Um, big improvement, I, I would say. Um, give us a couple of heroes on that side of the ball from Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, hero number one, uh, you've already mentioned him there, Miles Fulton. I thought he was fantastic. Um, a couple of blown coverage that he, he was half responsible for, but that comes with maturing into the game. Um, I thought uh, Janoris Jenkins, Jack Rabbit played pretty well as well. Got a couple of huge sort of stops early days onto DK Metcalf um, for gains that could have turned a lot bigger, but actually, you know, tackled him down or made a pass break up. And then you look at linebackers and they didn't really get focused on at any point. And we weren't saying that there were any missed tackles like there were in the first game and everything like that. And, you know, Evan stepped up, I, th- I think, fairly well. And then... Um, yeah, Simmons is just a, a, an Aaron Donald part two, really. A, a little bit, you know, bigger and underrated, but he just swallows up double teams and, and still breaks through them on, on most plays, and he's just unreal. So defensively, it felt a lot a lot better. I think they're still learning part of scheme as well, um, which is part of the reason why we're getting those, you know, missed coverages and, and blown coverages there. But on the whole, if you could say... That you're facing a mobile quarterback again, I would have probably thrown the towel in. And <laughs> after the first half, we seemed to make the right adjustments and actually contain Russell Wilson fairly well. And even when he did start to scramble, hit him, which makes a huge difference where we couldn't do that the week before against Kyler Murray. And besides that point, I think Kyler Murray's MVP so far this year. So I'm not too worried about the first week performance where he's just running all over us a little bit. So, Yeah, agreed. Is is Brian, what do, do you think that would you rather have a defense that blows the odd coverage and makes and makes some plays and forces some stops rather than what we perhaps were, which was I was going to say bend don't break, but we were probably bend and break at some points last year. Oh, it, it, to me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I'd rather have these like these big big player potential like like we've seen with. You know some of these stops that Fulton made uh, and and Janoris. I think the one that out of the highlights I saw, the one that stood out was when he actually punched through the you know through the catching triangle of DK. 
That was that was just a yeah. ridiculous. I think we've got more playmakers now than we had, you know. Through the break, I know Adori had his moments, but he was pretty soft a lot of the time. And I don't know. I I think I prefer this defense than what what we had last year for sure. And, and that I think at the start of the season was one of the key questions we had going forward. And and that's what needs to happen. It needs to happen. And fingers crossed, it is. Um, Obviously, week one we had other concerns around our our O line, and that some of those some of those have been addressed. I mean, Sean, what did you what do you make of the situation with the tackles and who we started? I mean, it looks like we made the right choice personnel wise, given injuries and everything. Yeah, I guess especially with the news of Luan going out before the game, you thinking you know we had such a bad week last week with the O line. Now we've lost a starter. But actually, I mean, players like Brewer coming in, um, I think did really, really well. I mean, and you could see how, again, they grew into the game. Um, as Harry said, Tanny was getting more time, um, which I think was a huge improvement. I think Quassenberry played really well. Um, I I have huge concerns about Jeff Swain. And uh, I think there's a couple of plays where I just worry about him from a blocking capacity. Um, but Michael Pruitt, I think, really stepped up to help. And then we were we were playing, often we were bringing wide receivers in to kind of play that tight end position. And I think AJ Brown uh, was terrible with his hands, with his catching. But I think AJ did some really good blocks as well. And you could see how once we finally found a few holes for Henry, and like you said, once he gets going, you just they uh, they just couldn't stop us, and their their D line just looked absolutely dead in their feet towards the end of the game. Even McNichols was coming in and was then able to make good plays, which I think again is testament to the O line that it wasn't just Henry. Yeah, I think sometimes when McNichols comes in, I look at it from the opposition perspective and think you, they must be rubbing their hands. Okay, they know it's they know it's probably a pass play, um, but sometimes it it can work both ways that, and they can switch off from him. And just ignore him. And I think that that was happening a bit towards the end of the game. And as, as you say, that their defense was was absolutely shattered. I think we I don't have the stats in front of me, but I imagine the second half we dominated time of possession. We must have done. And our time time of possession was was crazy. We ended up with like was it forty two minutes to their nineteen odd or something wow, like that. Yeah, we absolutely go. smashed them throughout the game. I think the other thing as well with just to talk on Derek is I think this potentially was the most complete game he's ever had for us. So not just with the fact he caught six passes, which is a record, but his blocking as well. He made some really key blocks, whereas in the past we've always talked about McNichols is a better blocker than Henry is. But there were some key stops that he made, which gave Tanny time to get the ball down. I think there was a few plays he got down the middle to prove it that it was Henry making a really good block. So we're saying that Derek Henry's improved year on year. This this is the dream. I think you're right. Uh, the, that blocking, he uh, especially important given all, all of the issues that other guys like I mean Swain, we're not so we're not so sure about obviously, but yeah, the likes of Pruitt, um, Henry picking up blocks when he's when it's either play action or uh, a pass play with him in the backfield, crucial um, when you're, you're dealing with the issues we've had. And yeah, re- really good to see and. 530-something yards of offence. Who'd have thought that after week one? 
And while well, like, is, he, is he even a sorry? Yeah, quickly while while we're on the subject, what I did see was uh, I saw a play where Henry actually saved a potential, well, definite sack, potential fumble uh, on on Tannehill. I don't know if you guys saw it. It actually was the it was actually the play directly before he broke off the sixty yard touchdown. So <laughs> I thought you know that was really really big in, in terms of the whole game. To be honest. Those those little things can be so easily missed, can't they? Um, but he'll, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's busy stiff arming um, digs into the dirt, bouncing him like a, a basketball. Um, well, in the knowledge of what he's just done on the previous play, that's that sort of thing's fantastic. Um, Neil, what are you going to say? I was going to say, is, is there even a case for a fact for the fact that Derek Henry is underrated because it is clear, way clear. As as the best running back in the league, but you don't get that acknowledgement. People are still making cases for Dusty Ball as like Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson and people like that. He's by far clear the best running back in the NFL, and there's only our fans that really acknowledge that. And he 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 supposedly had a terrible game in week one, and despite that, he's the leading rusher in the NFL after two weeks. So. Yeah. I, I don't understand some of these arguments. You know, I, I like guys like Chubb and McCaffrey, and goes without saying, but as pure, well, I say pure running back, but all those, all those other, all those other things that, that he can do, as you've just touched on, and the blocking, the receiving, um, I've caused some hilarity here, and I might have missed something. I always knew you were a fan of the Chubb, Adam. I just didn't want to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually Derek Henry's best ever start to a season. Yeah, apparently he's he's not the same Derek Henry, you know. I, I can't remember a, a time in in the league where it's been so clear that one guy is the best. I mean, you had years where either two or three were competing. You know, you got Le'Veon Bell and Jamal Charles at one point, etc. And I, I I can't remember a time where there's been one guy that's so clear as he is, but yet it's not like universally acknowledged. But then isn't that because, yeah. like, the problem is in the States, no one watches the Titans, right? Like, we just go un- under the radar and from a national TV perspective. Although I did hear the stat that this was the highest viewing figures for a, a September Titans game in 14 years or some crazy stat. But I do wonder that people like people who say, oh, well, Tannehill, he's not a good QB. All he does is pass the ball off to Henry. Clearly has never watched him play. And I just wonder whether... With Henry, is it the same thing? People just don't watch. They just see the highlights and go, oh, yeah, OK. I think it's the same thing with the Titans in general. I couldn't agree more with that. And Tannehill in particular. Uh, look at look at the game he just had. I mean, the, the, he didn't throw for a touchdown. That's the only, I, I suppose, fly in the ointment, if that's the right saying. But what a pretty much flawless display. Um, and I'd argue that he played pretty well in week one, given everything that was thrown at him. And he doesn't—he doesn't get any love. And I, I do—I do feel that nobody pays attention to the Titans. Um, there are people in America, probably people in the UK, maybe even one or two in New Zealand, who just in their head the Titans are Zach Mettenberger or Jake Locker. You know, it just because they haven't watched us. They don't know that things are things are different. And if you're not watching the Titans, I don't understand why. Um, because I can't imagine there are that many teams more exciting than what we've we've just seen. 
they're both perhaps a bit of good and bad, but you know, this this offense is is just going to get better, surely. Yeah, I think we still have the perception of being a, a team that just runs for three yards consistently for for the whole game, and that's pretty much all we do. And yeah, it's definitely not the case anymore, is it? So, like you say, we're for me, I watched loads of games for the first time in ages because we were late kickoffs. So I had time to flick through the six six o'clock games and. Our offense is really interesting to watch, actually, and so is our defense. And yeah, I just don't understand why we don't get the the love that we deserve. Although quite happy if we don't, because as soon as we do, we'll be on Sky Sports. And <laughs> yeah, that's a dreaded curse of Sky. Also, primetime games. We always seem to like it's. I was suddenly as soon as the world's watching, like we don't play well. I don't know if there's a, a mental thing with that, or if it's just just coincidence, or just just something. I've, I've noticed it always seems to be against the Colts and it's uh, Monday night or Thursday night and they'll be we'll lay an egg and everybody will be watching us then. Um, one guy I do want to mention and we touched on him, um, but there was one drive where he was just key in you know, a couple of third down conversions, a couple of huge plays. And that was Michael Pruitt, who got a lot more action because Berkson was inactive. Um, but didn't half step up. I don't. I don't think he put a foot wrong. Um, who, Miles? Was it you that said in in the WhatsApp? We've, yeah, we've got to talk about Michael on the pod. And if it wasn't you, I'd throw you under the bus. Oh well, I mean, I'll happily take the hit of being under the bus. I believe it was Greg who wanted to mention it again. He's too busy right now enjoying some daiquiris. But I'll happily join the uh, Pruitt uh, love. I mean, he ended up with the same statistics as A.J. Brown on the game. He had three catches for 40 yards, but I don't want to say that A.J. Brown doesn't work as hard, but as a tight end, you've got to block a hell of a lot of the time during the game rather than just these routes. So to, it's, it's sort of what we were saying with Henry, that Henry's job is to run and run and run. But if he can add to his game that he can catch and he can block, he's becoming an all-round player. And I think Pruitt might have to be a bit similar, depending on what's happening with Ferks or where, Although originally we were expecting you to block a lot of the time, it, when you're making key catches in key situations, it's it's ideal. If you can have a team of tight ends that can block and catch, it's brilliant. We know in a realistic world there aren't many tight ends out there that can do it to an elite level on both uh, situations. But I think he was really, really, really key. I think when we looked at the inactives, yeah, there was Luan and obviously Farley they mentioned earlier on in the week, but when you find out that Ferks is not playing, it's a little bit like, well, I know we've got, I know we've got Julio, we've got Brown, but I think Tannehill really still relies on his tight ends. It's one of them things he's always relied on. I don't know if that's just from his days of being a receiver. They're, they're, they're one of his guys that catch the ball and he likes to link up to him, but he had a really big game and it's great to see because it means next week um, or whenever Ferks is back, if we can have both of them as options, then it's, a, it's another weapon that the defence has to worry about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've always we've always loved our tight ends in, in Tennessee. Um, going back to to Wycheck, obviously, and Delaney for so many years. Um, yeah, the what about um, Brian? What about the kicker situation? Have we finally found one? I mean, it's it's Bickham might come back off IR. I'm not sure what's what what will happen there. Um, but it's it's Randy the guy. Well, we all know how I feel about. Sam finger licking kicking, kicking. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, I, I, I think he's just stopgap. I think uh, 
I think Ficken I think Ficken will be the man moving forward depending on if he ever comes off IR I suppose. But uh I don't know. I mean Bullock wasn't he wasn't horrendous at Houston, was he? Uh, do you yeah. know, he, I mean, he missed that. He missed one field goal. I'll give, yeah. give him that. You, you nail a game winner in overtime, and you're a hero. But it was only what a sort of 35, 40 yard or something like that, and it wasn't far from the upright. I was well, I don't know about you. I, I was watching that a little bit anxious. Well, I mean, that's that's presuming he's still alive after uh, after Swaim shook him within an inch of his life. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that at the end. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, what like what do you put a great post up about all the different kickers we've had? And we've literally gone full circle now, haven't we? We've just have we just signed uh South El Greco to the practice squad or something. The roster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a concern without a doubt. I mean for me, I I don't see why we didn't just bring Goskowski back. It must be a money issue, but um, he seemed to have he seemed to have Sorted out his issues towards the end, back end of last season, and then he was cut again. So I don't know. How don't do you feel about he it? Had, he had some niggles. I think I would sort of think we don't see them kicking in practice uh, as John Robinson might be able to, although they're paying attention to other things. I would sort of think, well, they must know more than I do, but sometimes I do wonder. <laughs> and it's the soap opera is just going to continue, isn't it? We were just blessed for so many years of Rob Baronis and then Ryan Suckup. And to have these kind of worries is, is still feels weird to us. And before I think he's um, a beacon of hope. That uh, you take a look at him and think, even I could one day play in the NFL when you take a look at him. And he almost insinuates how the season's going to be that it offers hope to everyone that anything can happen. Sean, is there any any are there any rugby players in New Zealand kicking about? I mean, Dan Carter's retired now. Can he? Dan Carter would have been the one, wouldn't he? He would have been the one that would have made the kicks straight <laughs> up. But yeah, I just, I just never. I think the last couple of years of the Titans has just ruined every kick. I just convinced every kick's going to be no good. It's just you know, and it's kind of so Titans, right? And but you know, we've got a couple of heroes now, haven't we? We've got Sam Sloman, who will forever be a hero. And what did he do after that? He's disappeared and he's a well, career He never driver, actually missed a kick for us, did he? He was 100%. Oh. He, he tried really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, you wouldn't want every kick to go in off the Elfie. Well, you would, but I don't think you can quite take it. Um, Neil, if, uh, if, Bullock has a, if Bullock has another steady game and then the cutting when Ficken comes back off IR, I'm expecting Ficken to rebona him over at bar. <laughs> I don't know what, what difference is between the two guys do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I mean the standards will suddenly shoot way up Young Kwe Koo sort of trick shots and stuff like that we need to see yeah. those on the field All right, Harry before we I'll go to you with this before we move on to um, well we'll briefly look ahead to the Colts I've got I had a chat with Nate earlier which we'll come to but um who starts at left tackle if Taylor Luan is in inverted commas fit? Yeah, I don't. I don't think Taylor Luan will be fit. Um, personally, I think it's the same knee as he did his his ACL in. Um, personally, I think Ty Sambrello played an absolutely grand game at, at left at left tackle. Um, 
look, we did things in the game plan that helped out the O-line. You know, we brought our wide receivers in to help chip block. We did the same with our tight ends and stuff like that. But that's what we needed to do with Taylor Lewan last week anyway. So, look, you're paying a guy like, what, over £10 million? $10 million? So, if he's fit, he's going to play. I personally don't think he's fit. I think after this season, he's probably done. Um, which is a shame. He's been a great personality, but I think he's probably got um, not too big for his boots at this point. I think that's the wrong phrase, but I just, I don't think his play matches his talk and I don't think his talk necessarily matches his wage that he's getting paid anymore. Um, And it's a shame. I think he's been fantastic and he's been a huge building block for what we've had, you know, started to create here um, with the Titans, but I don't think going forward after this season, I see him and, and why not then start Sambrello, who who has been pretty solid in most of his outings that he's done with us. So, yeah, that's that's my verdict. Although, saying all of that, I would not be surprised because of who Luan is. He plays on sun, on Sunday and shortly gets injured again, maybe in the second oh, quarter. That, that I could see happening. I, I would like, if he's not, he's not quite recovered from this injury, if something's not quite right, just sit him out, stick him on IR for three or four weeks. And bring it, yeah, do bring him back, but when he's ready, uh, I'd love to see a fit and firing Taylor Luan again, but that's not what we've got at the moment. We've, that's that's what we've got to accept, and he's probably got to accept that himself. And um, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, he came out with that tweet, didn't he? You know, I was just, just not good enough, and thanking Chandler Jones for exposing him, or however, in whatever weird way he puts it. But um, uh, I, I don't mind. Giving yourself that kick up the backside, if that's how he wants to do it, fine. I, I don't subscribe to any of this spending too much time on his podcast. You know, we he do. We spend too much time on our podcast. Uh, you know, it's that's that's his sort of free time. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not bothered about that. I don't doubt for a second that he's super motivated, and however he chooses to do that, fine. But there's there's no point kidding himself ourselves if he's not ready to go he's not yeah I think I think even going back to the cards game you see him drop back on a few passes and his right knee does look gammy you know he's not he I don't know whether I've just never noticed it before and his pass drops just a a little bit weird in in terms of his technique but he looks like he's shuffling on it not planting on it necessarily um so yeah I just like you say if he goes on IR and he comes back and he's fully fit he's a great addition right of now I think you know, it's the same way as if you go to work yourself and you're 80%, you're not going to be putting in a full day's work and what's the point in being there kind of, well, not what's the point in being there, but there's somebody else who will do a job better than you if you're you're 100%, you know? So, yeah, it's one of those. It's kind of, it's kind of got that, it's kind of got that feeling of a guy that like sort of had his big contracts and now he's going to like leave Tennessee and go to like a, a Super Bowl favourite. For on a on a cheap deal to try and win a ring before end of his career, he kind of has that feel about him, kind of like an endamican Sue type situation, which is unfortunate to say, really. But it does kind of have that feel about it to me. I I understand that with players. I look at someone like Matt Ryan in Atlanta, who just deserves a, a better shot than he's getting. It. But a player on a good team, you know, work, work harder for the team you're on. Um, yeah, you know, and he, he may do that. He may do that. He said, um, "Right, week three, Indianapolis." I don't. I don't think we need to. Uh, if there are any of the six of us here right now who don't think the Titans um, can and should win at home against Indianapolis, against presumably Jacob Eason, 
if there's anybody that doesn't believe, stick your hand up right now and I'll disconnect from this call. Um, there we go. Um, one man who you think might believe that the Titans won't roll over the Colts um, is Nate, who I, I chatted to earlier. Um, let's see how confident he was. So a warm welcome back to the show for um, Nate Oro, who joins us from the, the Colts podcast called the Un-American Football <laughs> Show. Um, <laughs> Already, it's sec- second in and you can't help but give me, give, give me a dig. Yeah, the Colts podcast that I t- managed to turn into a Colts podcast on a weekly basis. Uh, yeah, no, I'm good, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm really working hard on not turning it into a Colts podcast. I literally didn't talk about the Colts for more than like 30 seconds week one. Well, so then again, why, why would I? Yeah, why, why would you indeed? I mean, I, before we before we start recording, um, I expressed surprise that the the Colts were zero and two. Um, yeah, despite having a couple of decent opponents in in the first couple of weeks, uh, but they've lost twice at home to the Seahawks and the Rams. Um, is is that sign of things going wrong, or worse than you expected, or just just a couple of tough games to kick off? I mean, they're, they're, they are they are tough games to kick off with, especially seeing as the uh, Seahawks look like they've gone and found themselves a defence, certainly compared to last year. They were dreadful last year, uh, and certainly against us, they were pretty, pretty good. Um, I mean, it's Carson. Carson Wentz, week one, was poor. Well, he was average. He was sacked four times. The line, the, our really good offensive line was really bad <laughs> week one, which didn't help. Um, I'd say I'd say can't relate, but um, if you saw our offensive line week one, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but yeah, we did. We didn't do as badly as you did, um, but yeah. doesn't really help. Does it? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> not, no. not being not being great. Um, but yeah, no, we. Um, I think we. I think I, I'd have been happy with one on one. I'd been very happy with one on one actually, but I I expected Owen to, just because we just don't know where we go, what we're going to get from Carson Wentz, and actually, it's been pretty good. He's not been bad at all. He's been let down elsewhere. I mean, there are times when obviously, like his his pocket presence, his awareness hasn't been up to speed with what you would like and he's he was culpable for a couple of the sacks week one but um yeah it's it's it, it's probably where i expected us to be right now so talking about carson wentz what about his i was going to say injury but it transpires it's injuries he's sprained two, two ankles as yeah so he's he's got a regular sprain on one and a high ankle sprain on the other Okay, well, they're different types of sprain. I'll give, I'll give yeah. him that. Keep, keeping it he, real. He won't be playing Sunday. Is, is that a certainty? Because there's been a bit. Of, I see maybe some smoke and mirrors about that. There's not a if you with two ankle with, with one ankle sprain, it's unlikely that you're going to play. You know, you could, you might be able to get strapped up, but you're still going to be in trouble. I mean, maybe not against not against your defensive line, maybe, but. With a with a with a high ankle sprain, with a, any kind of ankle sprain, it's going to be a tough job to go and play, right? Um, towards the end of the like, uh, uh, towards the end of the the program, where you know you, you're watching him walking around, he wasn't limping, he wasn't he wasn't sort of hobbling around like he was when he came off the field. Um, so possibly they're light, 
I, I, I would be very surprised if we saw Carson Wentz play, which means we got Jacob Eason to throw picks all day long to you, you guys. Well, t- tell, tell us about him. He's someone, yeah, well, nobody's seen. <sighs> tell you about Jacob Eason. Um... <laughs> He's done it, have you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, honestly, when Jacob Eason came into a to basically drive us down the field to get a field goal to tie things up. I was like, okay, okay, let's see. Because there were a few, like he did put in a few decent drives in preseason. Well, maybe maybe literally three decent drives during preseason. Um, so I was like, it's not beyond the realms of possibility. Uh, he threw a short a short uh, completion to, I think it was Pascal for nine yards on his first first play. He he was getting bum rushed by the Rams as you would a rookie. Well, not even a rookie, but like a first a first. First, first, the first time in, uh, quarterback. Um, they 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 blitzed and he got the ball out well. And I was like, okay. And then literally next throw, he tries slinging it for 30, 40 yards downfield and just it's straight into the hands of uh, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he literally went nowhere near a Colts player. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't want to get too confident because Dan Orlovsky's beaten us in the past. Um, <laughs> so. so. <laughs> I know, I know how these. We've all lost to rubbish quarterbacks. We've all lost games, and you're like, "How this guy can't throw it more than four yards accurately? How did we lose?" Um, That that season still gives me nightmares. Um, Yeah, we we actually weren't a bad team that year. With with Hasselbeck was was rolling. We were knocking on the door of the playoffs, and the Colts had lost all year. and we go in there. Anyway, we're not here to talk about 2011. Uh, we're, we're here to talk about 2021. Um, what about, I mean, what about the Colts' defence, um, which has been fearsome uh. in, in recent times? And, I mean, neither the Rams nor the Seahawks ran up a, a big score against them. Um, but are, are they no, going to no. Henry, I mean, et cetera? Uh, uh, I would say the Seahawks looked far better on offense than the Rams did um, this week. Um, I mean, the the, Ram, the Seahawks week one against the Colts looked far better offensively than the Rams did week two against the Colts. The offense stepped up a little. There's something in that secondary that's just not right, though. We we let too many long plays go. We seem to have, we seem to have really good. Fade, like really short phases of play at the moment. We're not as good as we were last year, but we're not getting hit with as many penalty flags as we did last year. So you know that may be better, but you know we're actually probably playing a little worse than we did last year. Um, I mean, Darrell Henderson had a really good, really good game against us. We weren't stopping much at the line, but then we are down a few start a couple of starters this week. So hopefully, you know, Quitty Pay comes back. Hopefully, we have. We have a, uh, we have the strongest, strongest available team ready to play. It's possibly the least confident I've ever heard you when talking about the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I mean, look, I don't, don't want to say I like you. To, I like to blow smoke up <laughs> any team I support. Right, like I do. I do like to just put my uh, put my team hat on and just go. We're going to kick the shit out of you. It's going to be great. Screw it. But like, you know, there there are times when you've just got to be real and say, we could be in for a tough year. And I think at the moment, 
with you know Carson Wentz has played two games and he's had three injuries so far, so that's not a good sign, is it? Where do where do you think you're going to finish up this year? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if we carry on going to where we're going, we're going to be we're going to be uh, struggling to beat the Texans. Um, <laughs> the so AFC South we're, we're, there for the taking, though. For... We are we are we are exactly where I think we were expected to be right now. Because um, as well, we could have won. We could we could have won with with a couple of minor changes to both games. We could have won. I know we I know we were twelve points off the Seahawks week one, but actually, if you think about real game time decisions, there was only really three or four play calls early on that were wrong which has actually led us led us to be behind and chasing um but like in both games like we've 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 failed to score on three red zone trips so far already this year that's not a that's not a uh, trend that can be allowed to continue because they've all been first quarter as well, which is really poor. We didn't score on our first two red zone trips this week. Um, you know, by and you know, we're 10, 10 3 down halfway through the third quarter, and we know that the Rams are going to get the ball back. So that's it's just it's you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, so I think um, I think we're probably on course. Uh, I'd like to think that even with how poorly things have started we can beat Miami week four we could go I think we could come out of week five two and three I don't expect we're going to beat you this week uh, that brings me on to my next question um which is the answer I wanted to hear um it's uh, I mean I would have looked at the Colts I would have still thought you know regardless of the quarterback situation that with the strength of the the roster Every, almost everywhere else that surely they're a playoff team you know, I'm not I'm not going to say I've expected the Colts to be winning the division um, I can't mm-hmm. say that being a Titans fan um, but I mean, it, it's only been two weeks and, yeah. but I just have a, a sense that there isn't that expectation anymore um, it's, it might seem a bit dramatic but um, have, they can't have become a bad team overnight we haven't become a bad team overnight. We've become a bad team over the last eight months. Right. <laughs> I mean, I spoke to you um, in the summer. You were more, much more bullish. That that was that was before the playoffs and these two, last two weeks, though, right? Like, yeah, you, you yeah. can't you can't know you can't know that a team's become bad before you see any 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 play, right? Look, we haven't we haven't become a bad team. You know, we 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 did pretty well against the Rams team that have got serious serious uh thoughts for making it all the way to the the super bowl um they've got the best one of the best if not the best defensive unit in the league and at times um quentin nelson and eric fisher stuffed aaron donald and he couldn't get anywhere at times they but they move you know they move they move aaron donald around donald around a lot and in the second half they stopped moving him to the left the the right end of their defensive line left him left on the left to go up against Julian Davenport and he just destroyed him over and over and over again you know so we didn't do poorly against an elite unit and even on even at the other end um you know with Matthew Stafford there they actually have 
an offensive unit that I wouldn't say is one of the best, but when you pair it with that defence, could certainly do a lot of damage to a lot of teams. And they only won by three points. Um, it was a very close. It ended up being a very close game. I mean, you could argue it was deceptively close um, because of the uh, the botched uh, botched punt, <laughs> which, which we which which we scored from. But that's you know, doing giving long snappers a bad name, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The, yeah, one of the worst worst things I've ever seen with on on special teams. <laughs> let's let's that. let's end on a slightly more positive note for you. Um, tell us about somebody that we. I mean, we we play you twice every year. And we know the Indianapolis Colts fairly well. We obviously don't know Eason, but give us somebody else that we won't know about who we might see some good things from. Okay, um, so. If he's back from injury, Braden Smith on on the right tackle um, is somebody who I feel gets largely ignored because Quentin Nelson is Quentin Nelson um, and all the focus goes to him. Um, I think through through his first three years, Braden Smith allowed like two sacks and about five hits on the quarterback from right tackle, which, you know, as as he's good. (laughs) He's great. But I'm you're saying, you're the only person I know that would answer that question by talking about an offensive lineman, and I respect that, and I doff my cap to you. Well, because no one talks about no one talks about them. Like if you think about fantasy, what's the only only, only position in all of fantasy that you can't you can't pick? I'm, I'm playing. Well, we're playing in a league with punters this year, just because you can. Um, I want to yeah. I want to move that next year to offensive linemen. I, yeah, I, I want I want to be able to I want to be able to pick offensive linemen because you know <laughs> that's the only position in fantasy you can't pick i think they i think as it's a really important part you're not going to get anywhere you can have a great roster everywhere but your but your offensive line is trash you're not going to win <laughs> sleeper you if you're listening sl- iop yeah. leagues that's what we're, that's what we're looking for <laughs> yes absolutely uh but uh i'm actually not going to say braden smith i'm going to say much strawhan which is not strachan but strawhan apparently um seventh round rookie wide receiver which you know you'd normally go oh my god why are you talking about seventh round receiver but you know he came in he came in and he beat out a few players to to get onto the roster and he's been impressive so far um for the for the tempered expectations you would have of a seventh round rookie but he's not he's not performing like a seventh round rookie is you you know you'd you'd his 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 level at the moment is second or third round wide receiver um, so it looks like we've got some great value there. If we can find him, he can do damage. Um, he's really he's, he's he's got great hands. Um, he doesn't he so far. I don't want to curse this. I'm t- knocking on wood here, um, <laughs> but he doesn't seem to drop much, if anything. I haven't seen him drop anything yet. Um, he's tall. He's very fast. Um, so. Looks like we could have a uh, a, a bit of a sleeper star there out of the second round of the this, this year's draft. Um, you know, we don't we're not blessed with a lot of high end stars at wide receiver either, so it's a sort of perfect unit for him to come and slot into. My child's appeared. I, I'm just seeing that it's like that that the BBC News <laughs> that time uh, with the, the it, Korean it journalist. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's great when that happens with a, a low round pick. And you feel like you've got value that you you don't yes. necessarily expect, and you haven't sort of paid for. It's 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 great when that works out. Um, yeah. 
Awesome. I, um, I'm not going to do what I, I sometimes do with uh, with our guests at this point and wish you luck for the rest of the season because, you know, obviously wouldn't mean that. Um, let yeah. let our listeners know it's not really a Colts podcast. It's it's a more rounded American football podcast. Um, but where can where can our listeners find that should they choose to do so? Uh, OK, so um, as 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 you hear on almost every podcast that's ever recorded now, <laughs> you can find us more or less anywhere that you can get a decent podcast. Um, so Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, Breaker. There, there's load, There's four or five that I've found over the last couple of months that I didn't even know we were on. That's how, there are that's almost how, as many podcasts there are. as there are podcasts. Um, that <laughs> yeah, there, are. <laughs> there are, yeah. Um, and we've also this year started a YouTube show as well, so you can find us on YouTube. Um, everywhere you look for us, we are either the Un-American Football Show or if you're on social media, it's at tough show official there we go awesome thanks for your time mate um good to yeah, chat no as worries. always um thanks and... for me it's nice uh nice talking to you without greg here because i feel like uh greg greg comes in hot and is just like <laughs> down. whereas you know we can uh, we can have we can have a reasoned conversation about the cults so uh, it was quite it was surprisingly polite um <laughs> it was I, it was i mean yeah. i could have yeah greg would greg would have been frankly unbearable for you um, in some ways, it's a pity he's not here. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't want to wish him well. He's he's in a much nicer place than we are, lying by a pool or on a beach. So uh, yeah, screw oh, you, Greg, wherever you are. Yeah, screw, screw him. <laughs> cool. Um, good to chat. Um, yeah. Take it easy. Cheers, cheers, cheers Yeah. If Nate's not convinced, um, I'm I'm still fearful. This is going to be that Dan Olofsky game. I know it, but um, no, it's not. We're going to go two and one. Um, I said we're going to go one and one. I didn't believe that. Um, I do believe this. Right, non-Titans related. Sean, um, you have a whole life of rights that you need to get off your chest. This is your moment. Okay, so um, I am going to come in with, uh, it's a driving related gripe. Yes. And it, dro- it it really makes me insanely angry. And I, I'm trying to remember, it's a long time since I lived in England, but over here, most of our roads are just single lane because um, because we just no one lives here, right? So why build <laughs> two lanes? Because no one lives here. So most of our roads are single lanes and we're really mountainous. So lots of our roads are quite windy and there's lots of hills and stuff. So what we have is the passing lanes, which is so there's lots of big trucks and it's your opportunity to past the trucks right that are going 80 kilometers an hour you're allowed to go 100 kilometers an hour mike i've just been on a trip a five-hour drive up to visit alfano up in taranaki you behind a car not a truck a car that's going 80 kilometers an hour and you're super slow you get to the passing lane and for that brief 30 seconds they accelerate to 105 <laughs> kilometers an hour so that you can't pass them. And then when you get to the end of the passing lane, as soon as it's back to single, they drop down to 80 again. And it, it, I, I just want to, I want to turn into the halt and rip their car in half. That's my gripe. This is, yeah, you've, you've been listening to the podcast. You know exactly what this section is about. And you have nailed that. And it's no different in England. Um, I, there's a certain stretch of road that I drove on on Sunday and someone did exactly the same thing to me uh, where that, that little bit where it widens to go up a hill. And yeah, why? Just because it's wider. If you want to speed up, 
keep going. That's fine. I'll sit behind you if you're going to go. Yeah, you've, I'm just repeating what you said. Uh, absolutely perfect. Um, Brian, it's been a, a while since you've been on. Um, you've got anything you want to get off your chest? Yeah, I, I, I was going to go on a, on a full-on rant against TalkSport, but I decided against that one. Uh, <laughs> so, so something happened to me at work this week, and I don't know if any of you guys do or have in the past worked in retail. Uh, and, and I don't want to sound ageist, but there seems to be an issue with the older population in particular feeling like they can say whatever the hell they like to you uh, while you're sat behind the counter. I'm, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but so basically, I was sat on, on Saturday. I was just, you know, me and my colleague having a nice day at work, and I had a can of monster because I was a bit tired, as usual. And I just took a swig out of this can, and this this fella says to me, I don't even know. He went, "Oh, you shouldn't be drinking that at your size." And I was just like, "I beg your pardon." You what? It's just like, why? Why would you? You wouldn't go into Argos and say these things, would you? You don't. You're not going to go into. I was in the cashier, and I was just—I couldn't believe it. And it's like, it, you know, this—this is—this isn't as like a, a, a solitary incident. This happens all the time, and it's always, unfortunately, it's always the over sixties. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad yeah, you said that in the forties. Otherwise, we were going to fall out. But I'd never <laughs> say anything like that. That's ludicrous. Crazy, isn't it? It's like it's—it's it's like there's an unwritten rule in Yorkshire that people can just call you a big lad. Yeah, I'm just going to say, big lad, get, get, I get that all the time and I accept oh, big, big lad as oh, a compliment. Uh, yeah, uh, I've never met you, but yeah, I get all right, big lad. That's you play rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Neil, what have you got? So, um, I, I did have one that, like, it's more of a visual medium, so I'm going to scrap that one. It's that like, works it, really it's well like, on here. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go it, and let me just preface this by saying that the Transatlantic Titans podcast does not endorse attacking children, but <laughs> I can't... Uh... I mean, just, <laughs> but... those are the views of Neil, not necessarily the views of the rest of I was going to say, Jesus but... Christ, I'm so glad I'm on this week's show. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but some of this really on my radar is these placards at Premier League football games asking for players' shirts. Uh, okay. I've got <laughs> I've got a, a, a nine-year-old lad myself, and if he said to me, Dad, can I can I take a sign and ask for X player's shirt? I wouldn't have art to send off to it to say no to him. But I'd be like that meme where it's a mad face behind a smiley one. <laughs> I'd literally be dying inside because like if there's fifty kids there with placards asking for this player's shirt, which one does he give it to without getting cancelled? <laughs> It's just an impossible situation. I don't like how it's crept in, and I'm probably setting my ways and think that that football should be a certain way. But I'm not going to a football. I'm I'm not going to a football match to be a tourist. There was a thing at the the cricket, the last Test match, um, and there was a fan in the crowd that had a banner. But you know, you know, some sporting events like the snooker, you can do it. The cricket you can buy like earpieces and listen to the commentary and you could tell he's got, he's listening to the TV commentary and he's got the sign up saying, Shane Warne, can you come and sign your book for me? And Warney's commentary, Warney's commentating, the camera obviously goes on there and then he's like, yeah, no worries. Uh, I'll come, I'll do that for you. No, no problem at all. And he's, 
it's like a one-way conversation then trying to arrange it but it's like oh i'll see you at see you at lunch and, so, and then he, there's a bat he comes back to him in the afternoon so oh, i was, i didn't catch you i still want you to sign my book and he's going back it should be outlawed what, what if like one poor kid like goes to a non-league game and does it and they only get like two shirts a season and guys are forced man in his spare time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I, I want to stick up. For, I want to stick up for the kids and say, I'm I'm a bit younger, like Harry, and I will I will say that in the past ten years when I've gone to soccer aid or stuff like that, I think we've discussed how I took a sign to try and get Brian Lara to sign my sign, and uh, everyone everyone's walking around with mini cricket bats, thinking, yeah, this is how I get Brian Lara. So I simply had a sign saying that I had Brian Lara cricket on my PS2. Uh, will you sign my sign? And that was one of the greatest days of my life. So I understand why some children do it because, I mean, if you get, it depends who you get in the shirt of. I mean, if you're asking for a shirt of, I'd say, for your example, Patrick Bamford, I wouldn't waste my time. Um, but if there is someone more superior. He's probably walking around the streets <laughs> looking for people with signs. Yeah, you know, he, he's desperate. Time. I mean, if I got Patrick Bamford's shirt, I'd sleep with it, so. like a comforter. Miles, have you got what have you got that's non-Titans related? Mine's short and sweet. I want to shout out the twats at Doritos that don't fill their bags of crisps. <laughs> I was feeling that much. one. We all know like, how good yeah. the game was on. The, the game was amazing. I thought, I'm going to celebrate this. I've got a bag of Doritos and I open it and realize, actually, I haven't got a bag of Doritos. I've got a bag of air and two Doritos. <laughs> I very much went from 100% Randy to 75% Randy very quickly. You're doing it wrong. Buy Doritos stacks. Don't buy be... multi-packs because they're smaller. They're just... I don't know. Oh, it's the one that says 50% extra. And all it is is 50% more air. <laughs> Christ alive. But yeah, that was it. Cheers, lads. <laughs> I knew Wilds' um, would be food-related. Uh, is. Is. I've got nothing else to care about in life apart from sport and food. I'm, yeah. I'm as they call in Yorkshire a big lad. <laughs> um, Harry, dreamboat. Um, yeah, so uh, mine, mine's pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, first of all, it's how a Kiwi says tanny. I think that's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Assimilated Kiwi. I mean, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all over like that, like white on rice. It was amazing. Uh, no, mine's basically um, about food shortage. It's coming to the UK in some way, shape, or form. Neil, I'm sure you can appreciate this one. Just don't have a go at people in the shops or at the restaurants when you don't have your favourite food. Um, yes, I understand it sucks. Yes, I understand it is a bit frustrating, but we have plenty of other menu choices for you. Just kind of deal with it. Um, I lightly and- asked them how they voted in the EU referendum. <laughs> yeah. I've got a couple of guesses on which way it may be. Um, but yeah, so it's just one of those. Um, as restaurants and shops and everything, I'm sure we'll try our best to, to replace those or get them as close to what we normally do as possible but if you're in the very advantageous position of going out to eat or whatever just be great to your server and be great to the person who's looking after you at the cashier desk don't have a go at them because there's something that's completely out of their control there we go just off of the that's why i get less doritos then <laughs> whether whether it's it's brian in the bookies or <coughs> harry in the restaurant just be nice be nice to people 
what's wrong? What's wrong with you all? Like, you know, if, especially if you don't know them, why would you be mean? I don't, I don't get it. Um, there we go. Oh, that, that'll, that'll probably do. Um, in fact, as as our resident dreamboat, Harry, um, I should point out you um, noticing someone's accent, having just done a video that had. Um, upwards of 69 likes and 1500 views and most of the feedback was yeah time's opinion with Out, an accent outstanding feedback outstanding yeah absolutely thank so, you some of it thank some you. of it you know a bit edgy yeah, yeah. i mean uh, i'll be honest i think i made a couple of people's uh mornings in nashville a little bit easier you know relieved a bit of stress um <laughs> or at least help them relieve their stress um but yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> it's um no, it was it was good fun to do, and uh, still don't really know how my phone flipped the video either. But I'm I'm quite happy with the the side effect. It will become my signature, I think. Yeah, I like that. Um, I still have no idea what you said, but you looked really good. Oh, nobody listened to what you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 awesome job. Looking forward to hearing many more of those. Um, thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks so much to Sean. Um, I'm guessing you've got to do things like get breakfast and take the kids to school or and stuff like that. Exactly or you can start that. work. Yeah, I'm going to start my day and think think about you chaps all uh, having naps now, I'd imagine, right? <laughs> all sorts of strange times of the day. We'll have naps. <laughs> um, work but... time in an hour for me. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Um, yeah, all good. Much appreciated. Always, always welcome. If you ever fancy getting up at 6am ever again. Uh, <laughs> Feel free. It's been good to chat. Always good to chat, Titans. Anybody get in touch if you fancy doing the same. Looking forward to week three, and we will we will speak next week after annihilating the Colts. Tighten up, everyone. Oh, Tighten up. Is it Janoris or Jack Rabbit? I can officially announce that this week he is Senor Jack Rabbit. Next week, your challenge is to take out Mr. Pittman and co, and we'll see how you're doing. But for now, congratulations. Welcome to the Titans, Jack Rabbit Jenkins. <laughs>